0: Welcome to the Dawning Bliss Podcast, where we help humans on their path to happiness, love, light, and freedom. And now, here is your host, Tanika Dawn, life coach and NLP practitioner. Today's conversation is all about finding your voice, and it is a powerful subject, I spent a lot of my life not having a voice at all. And even when I did try to have a voice, it was hushed. Um, recently I was watching a, um, I guess it was a, an interview about a movie that was about to come out. And it was all about, um, sexual abuse in Utah, which happens to be where I'm from. And I, I was, oh, Man, that whole interview was just so close to home and, and for so many reasons. And yet it was so far because the, the focus of it, uh, and I think the film, I have not seen the film. Let me preface that was called, uh, No Crime in Sin. And the point of the film is, is to just show and shed light on how many religions cover up, uh, sexual abuse happening within homes. Um, by, you know, family members just going to the clergy or the priest or the bishop instead of going to law enforcement. And, uh, this specific film was about uh, a daughter that had started being abused when she was around six or so, and she was being uh, sexually abused by her father. Um, and everything was dealt with within the church and even the mother knew about it. And because of the sanctity of religion, right? This family stayed together and and the abuse continued. And Utah in 2015 had one of the highest sexual abuse rates. Um, and that in, in, in literally the world. And that is so sad to me, but I have my first hand account and, and now you're probably wondering how does, you know, finding your voice relate to sexual abuse? Well, it it does really deeply for me, um, because the first time that I was abused, I was three years old and my sister and I, so she was four and I was told very blatantly that he would kill us if we told, which is a very common, um, tactic of predators, they, uh, they will tell you, you know, they'll threaten you with your life. They will put you in such great fear of telling, right. To protect their asses, um, they, that you don't tell and that this behavior is able to continue without them being, uh, reprimanded for their behavior. So I remember this moment, like it was yesterday and, and heads up trigger warning, um, after the abuse was over and, uh, my mother had returned to our home. I was running out the door to tell what had just happened. And my sister was running behind me, holding on to my clothing, t- saying, don't tell. No, she's lying, because the fear worked for her, for her, right? His his fear tactic worked on my sister, but it didn't work on me. I was not afraid. And I did tell and Right. A, a whole th- slew of things happened and we went to the, the sheriff's office and yada, yada, yada. Um, but as I got older, and, and actually, I mean, there's a whole point in that, right? Uh, my sister didn't have her voice. She, she didn't have a voice then. And, um, I love you. If you're watching this, sis, um, sometimes I worry that about her voice now. Um, oftentimes, right? I, I see my incredible sister, um, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. Uh, that's a private conversation for her and I, but I love her. Um, Anyway, so point is, um, oftentimes we lose our voices in fear, in fear of what other people might think of us in fear of disappointing people, in fear of how they might respond to us. And, um, and it's so terribly sad. So, I keep going with my story a little bit of me finding my voice and losing it multiple times. And I don't mean literally, but figuratively, um, there's another time I was, um, that happened two more times that the sexual abuse did, uh, when I was 11 ish and 12 or 10 and 12, um, but I'm going to tell you a story, and this is a heart wrenching story for me to tell. And it's where I just felt like my voice wasn't big enough. I went to a friend's house for a sleepover. I was about 10 years old. And this is a a, a, a family friend. She, she had, so she was my age. She was the oldest. And then she had three little sisters. And so there was four girls in the house. Um, anyways, her and I, we did the sleepover thing. We're in her back room, this little trailer park and we're getting ready to go. Um, and we were we were going down to walk to the park and and play at the park, which was a couple blocks away. Right. We, I mean, I grew up in the 90s, so no big deal. <laughs> um, anyways, so her and I are getting ready to leave the bedroom. And as we walk out to go get something from the kitchen, um, the gentleman that had molested me, I can't even call him a gentleman, the man that had molested me when I was three was at their kitchen table holy shit. So I hate to like backtrack, but it matters. Um I had spent literally from age three to age 12 having nightmares every night of my life about this man attacking me, about this man almost getting me. I mean, the most horrific nightmares. And they were literally every night um, while I was young. And so, so to walk out of my friend's house where I'm just having fun, I'm at a sleepover and my nightmare was sitting at the kitchen table. Oh my God, the things that did to me, but but this isn't really about me. So I I do freak out. I run right back into a room. I start crying. I'm telling her how bad this man is, what he did to me, why he can't be here, why he needs to go away, why, why I need to leave. Right. And so we run down the road, we leave the house. We run down the road. I really fall apart at that point, right? Cause then I'm like safe-ish because I'm away from him. Um, and granted, he didn't do anything. I don't even know that he knew it was me, right? I mean, from three to 10, a big, big gap. Um, but either way, relevant, whether he knew it was me or not, I knew it was him and, and it had a big impact. So I'm, we're down the road. I'm really freaking out. I remember standing in the middle of the road, like my arms on my head. And crying, like melting down, like I just learned somebody had died, and um, and I'm, we're trying to call my grandma. Um, my mom was at work, so I was trying to call my grandma to come get me. And this is this is where the story gets a little bit hard for me to share. That day, I raised hell. I raised hell the best that I could raise hell. I passionately, and I mean so passionately, begged and pleaded with my mother and my grandmother and and my friend Kayla to do something about this guy being around her and her little sisters, right? I knew how dangerous he was firsthand. I did not want anybody else getting hurt. And I just I begged and pleaded, Mom, Grandma, you gotta get this guy away from me. You gotta tell Kayla's parents, Kayla, you gotta tell your parents. You know, like I I begged and pleaded with everybody within earshot, like get this guy away from the, this house, right? There are four little girls in it. Get him away. Um, clearly, I wasn't ever going back to that house. Um, I had seen Kayla a couple more times at school, and then Kayla quit coming to school, and um. One day, it was about two weeks later, my mom picked me up from school, and she had this very somber look on her face. And for, forgive me, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to tell this story without choking up, because I, I feel a sense of responsibility for it. Um, she has a somber look on her face, right? And I'm like only 10 years old, but but I understand big things. And my mom says, honey, I have to tell you something. And I'm like, oh, no, what did he do? Right. I just knew. I instinctively just knew. I said, what did he do? Is it Kayla? And she says, no, Kayla's okay, But the guy and I'm not going to mention names here, but the guy um, was found raping her 3-year-old sister with a crowbar in the shed. This hurt so much because I tried so hard. I raised as much noise as I could as a 10-year-old girl to prevent that from happening, to prevent anything from happening, and it just wasn't enough. It just nobody listened. Nobody listened to my voice. And, and the result was Kayla's dad ended up finding this happening and beat the hell out of him. Good for him. And he ended up in prison. The, uh, the other guy ended up also in prison, but that poor little girl, that three year old little girl ended up in ICU. They weren't even sure she was going to live. And it all could have been prevented if someone would have listened. I had a voice and I used it and nobody listened. Um, so move forward a couple of years and I, I was sexually abused again. Um, this was by my neighbor. I was having a sleepover with my girlfriend on her trampoline and we literally lived like kitty corner from each other. And her 19 year old cousin, uh, had woke me up with his hand in my, in my pants. Um, and it, Oh, I was so freaked out. I like, I think I flew off of the trampoline. Um, It was like six o'clock in the morning. I just remember the light sunlight was barely coming up. I flew off the trampoline. It was like, had to be in the fog because so it was a little cold in the morning. And I raced home and I was freaking out. I was crying. I was telling my parents what happened. I was so scared. And I don't remember what happened, but I remember nothing happened, right? Like, I don't remember what happened in the conversation, but I remember nothing actually happened, right? The cops were never called. Nobody ever came. He still lived across the street from me at at my friend's house, or it was my friend's grandma's house, and nothing ever happened. Nothing ever came of it, right? I was just scared of my neighbor now because he touched me like he shouldn't have, and nobody did anything. (sighs) Sorry, this this is a really real one, really real podcast today, guys. So, um, it was a couple of months later of living in fear of my neighbor. And we were at another, um, adult's house where we were trying to find a ride to the swimming pool or the park or somewhere. And it was a little, it was a little far to walk from there. And she says, well, why don't you have, you know, uh, so-and-so give you a ride. And I was like, oh God, no. Right. And instantly I'm trauma triggered. I start like, you know, you can visibly see that I'm triggered. I'm upset. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I would rather walk. I'd rather not go. I'll just go home. It's okay. And she's like, why, why are you afraid of him? And I told her and guys within 10 minutes, I was being interviewed by what we call the Christmas box house where I'm from. She heard me. I told her that I was abused. And she went right into action, taking care of it. Now, if there's a message in that for you guys, it is that if you or someone you know, okay, is struggling with abuse or anything similar, I want you to tell somebody. And if they don't do anything, tell somebody else. And keep telling somebody until somebody listens and does something. Because there there are angels among us that will do something. So I, I don't want to get too further into the emotions because it's been it's been a long journey of me finding my voice and yeah, it's been a long journey. So now here we are. I am now a professional speaker where lots of people get to hear my voice all the time. And I have a podcast where I'm also using my voice to create change and I'm a life coach and I use my voice to help people through lots of things in life that can be difficult and challenging. I help women find their voice and use it to stand up for themselves and what they want and what they need. I use my voice to help my children stand up for themselves and what they want and what they need. I give a voice to children who don't have one. So I didn't realize that I was helping people find their voice this whole time. And I don't know how, you know, uh, frou frou you are, uh, I'm going to call it, but, um, I, I don't, I did this, uh, I don't know how to explain this well. So just bear with me. I did this, uh, body alignment chakra test thing and my throat chakra has been closed, um, pretty much my whole life and, I did some EMDR around my first sexual abuse and I will tell you, I, I literally felt like I'm choking. Um, and it, it was terrible And I started screaming bloody murder and, and let all this stuff out that I, that I couldn't let out then because I was scared. And, uh, anyway, so, and still to this day, when I'm dealing with really difficult stuff, um, I feel like my throat closes up. So there, there's a whole lot going on with, the with my voice and my power of my voice and my throat chakra and it's all it's all a thing Um, but I want to encourage you to find your voice I want you to use your voice even if it shakes I want you to use your voice even if you're scared I want you to use your voice even if you feel shame You have a voice and it needs to be heard and it deserves to be heard. I want you to stand up for yourself and find your backbone. And then once you find your voice and advocate for yourself, I want you to find your voice to advocate for others because they need it too. Now, the stories I have shared with you, they didn't turn out so well. And there was another time when I was a teacher and a girl reported sexual abuse to me and I turned it in. And unfortunately, they didn't do anything. They, they did investigate, but they didn't go anywhere. And now I don't know if the little girl was fibbing to me or, or if they just didn't do a very good job investigating. Um, but. But I feel I still feel a sense of responsibility for both of those instances today where I used my voice as loud as I could. I did it by the book. I'm trained. I was trained at this point as a teacher and and I still didn't see justice. Um, right. I didn't see justice. And that, and that breaks my heart. But for the number of times that I didn't see justice, 10 times more than that, I have seen justice. And I, I just want you to know your voice, it, it's powerful and it needs to be heard. You have a story and a message that people need to hear. And if you stay quiet, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing this world a disservice. There are important things within you that need to be said and, and no violence or abuse or trauma should not be talked about. It should all be talked about. It should be talked about openly. Honestly and raw, whether that's just with a coach or a therapist or law enforcement. I mean, first of all, if you know of any kind of abuse that is happening, take it to law enforcement. Always, always take it to law enforcement. Um, and, and then, right? Then you can go talk to your bishop. Um, then, right? You can, and, and I honestly, I could, I could have called the cops, right? I didn't know and I, I should have just, I shouldn't have been able to trust my parents to do what needed done when I told them. Um, yeah, I should have, but I didn't. Um, or I, I, I trusted them, and and they they let me down, unfortunately. Um, but there was an angel, right? And 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 she did, and it was because I kept going. I kept going until somebody listened, and now. My whole mission in this world and, and on this planet for, for as long as I live, God willing, a long time is to help you find your voice, to stand up. To know that you're worth more and to, to speak that, to speak your dreams into existence, to have a backbone and a voice to stop tolerating things that you don't deserve, to seek justice for yourself first and others second, so that you can be the catalyst for change that other people need, so you can be the hero little little people need that they don't have. We need you every one of you listening to this, to have a voice, an empowered voice. And like I said, even if it cracks, I want you to find and use your voice. So I started finding my voice um, through all these little events, and then I would shut down and be quiet again when when it didn't work, when I felt like my voice wasn't loud enough or wasn't heard. Um, but I can tell you, Recently, I was driving down the interstate in my car, and I was listening to, I I think it was Brene Brown. I'm not sure. I was listening to some speaker, and and they had said something about finding your purpose, and in that moment, I had a full-body, visceral response, and I had had a client text to me at about the same time, and it popped up on my screen, and it said, I can't thank you enough for helping me find my voice. And I knew without a doubt in that moment that the reason I've struggled with my own voice so much and being heard was to be here today to help other people find their voice to find their voice when they're struggling with suicidal thoughts or life being hard or their husband being an ass or whatever it might be right or not talking about abuse that happened so many years ago and they still haven't said it out loud I hope That this very emotional, and that was not on purpose, this very emotional podcast today has helped you understand the power of your voice and how needed it is not only for you but for everyone around you. Have your voice ruffle some feathers, piss some people off. It's okay. It will work out. There's a... a great song by Sara uh and I think it's called Brave. And it says, say what you want to say and let your words fall out. I can't believe I'm singing. I suck at singing. But the point is, is that, guys, we got to say what we need to say. We have got to use our voice. We have got to speak the things that matter. We've got to address the right people. And if they're not the right people, keep addressing people until you find the ones that will listen and that will take care of it and and get the justice deserved for the situations. People will listen. People want to hear what you have to say. So share your story. Find your voice. Stand up for yourself and stand up for others. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Dawning Bliss podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. For more podcasts and personal coaching, please visit us at dawningbliss.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.